Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Liberty and the Law, the podcast series that examines the critical elements of a strong legal defense in criminal cases. Join respected attorney James Dore for this lively discussion on the rights of criminal defendants and the important role defense attorneys play in our legal system. Today we do, in fact, begin a new podcast series focused on criminal defense in our legal system. My name is Jim Mitchell. I'll be your host for these uh, periodic discussions. And joining me as we delve into the specifics of criminal law will be Attorney James Dorr. Uh, Mr. Dorr has spent more than two decades as a criminal defense attorney. He currently practices at Lavelle Law, And James has been recognized as a premier DUI attorney by the American Association of Premier DUI Attorneys for his work in defending clients. Now, as we begin the series today, we're going to discuss the role of the defense attorney in a specific instance in cases in which the defendant is actually willing to acknowledge their guilt. I'm looking forward to the discussion and to exploring criminal law in general in the months ahead with Attorney James Dorr. So let's get started. Uh, first of all, James, thanks for committing to sharing your knowledge with our listeners, and welcome to Liberty and the Law. Oh, thanks, Jim. It's great to be back on your show. So, uh, you know, let's start at the beginning here. As a defense attorney, you, you know, you've always got your work cut out for you. But uh, help our listeners understand, on the average, you know, what, what are the percentages of negative outcomes like for a, a defendant in a, in a criminal case? Well, by that, I think you mean negative outcome, a finding of guilt or a plea of guilt. Now, um, mm-hmm. a, great, a great many cases are disposed of by way of a guilty plea. So um, it's something that uh, uh, defense attorneys look for in the process of working a case through the system. Uh, what kind of opportunities are there for negotiations and settling this case, uh, case uh, short of going to a trial? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. I, you know, I, I use the term negative outcome, but uh, as we'll learn today, I think perhaps um, a, a guilty plea with a negotiated settlement of some sort might not be a negative at all. It might be the best case scenario. Right. right. Now, as way, you, as, sure. Yeah. So ahead, tell me, because as you as you assess a case and, and you're about to try and figure out what sort of process to follow for your client, how, how do you do that? How do you determine what a good outcome is? Well, it really does start with the client. The client uh, meets with me at my office, and we go through, um, you know, what charges are pending against the the client. Um, At some point, uh, police reports and other items of discovery become available uh, through the process in court. Um, The judge will order the prosecution to turn over uh, the materials in their possession that they intend to use to prove the defendant's guilt um, so that everybody gets a chance to look at the same same evidence, basically. So once we have a chance mm-hmm. to review the evidence together, I get the client's side of the story, what, what happened, and compare that with um, you know, what the state says happens and the police officers, what they have in their police reports. So looking at that together, we can analyze the uh, evidence and assess what kind of strengths and weaknesses our case has in court. Okay? Mm-hmm. So based on that, it lets us know kind of what our strategy is going to be 
uh, in approaching the matter with the state's attorney's office. Um, for example, now, today are we're we, are we in a, well, let's, let's, sure, go ahead. Yeah, let's 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 break it down because I, I think today we want to talk about instances in which um, a guilty plea might be entered and and how you as an attorney are going to help someone through that. But um, we, we want to focus on that. But let's just take a very short look at instance in which there's a not guilty plea. So if if you say not guilty, does that automatically then mean that there's going to be a trial? Uh, at some point, there'll be a trial. When you say not guilty, um, that's a, a typically at a, what's called an arraignment date. Um, mm-hmm. you know, early in a case, usually we'll enter a plea of not guilty, um, you know, just because once you enter a plea of guilty, it's very hard to undo that. Uh, but in the process, if, uh, in maintaining that guilty plea, well, the burden's on the state's attorney's office and, uh, to bring you to trial in a timely basis and prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt. So in the process of analyzing the case that I discussed earlier, in, in uh, pursuing a plea of not guilty, that is saying, hey, we want a trial on this, whether it's a trial before a judge or a jury, yet to be decided, but we are asking for a trial date, and that would be set in court, and you know, a trial would proceed you know, in, in some fashion uh, when the court allows. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, now let's, let's take a look at the other side. If, if someone under your advisement uh, enters a plea of guilty, what, what does that mean? What does that lead to? Well, typically before we'd enter a plea of guilty, I, I, I look at uh, negotiating with the state's attorney's office. So if we're able to reach mm-hmm. um, an outcome, say we, we reach an agreement as to what kind of disposition would be entered by the judge in court, well, that's a little bit easier going into court and entering that plea because we know what the outcome is likely to be. Now, the judge still has to approve it, and normally as long as it's the, the, uh, the sentence is reasonable and in the interest of justice, you know, most judges will go ahead and, and approve the matter. Okay, um, mm-hmm. so we at that point we we know what the what the outcome is going to be. Um, we've we've discussed the matter in negotiations. We've you know in working things out. Um, you know, it's a it's a set result that we know as opposed to okay. entering a plea of guilty and not knowing what the judge is likely to sentence without having any kind of agreement with the state's attorney's office. Yeah. All right. So I want to talk about that process a little bit and and find out okay. what what's involved. You you mentioned you know negotiating with with the state's attorney's office. So uh, okay. a case of any sort, uh, you know, charges are filed. You look at the information as you described from both sides. Um, what is your process like with the state's attorney? What can you as a, a defense attorney do in that regard, and how do you go about it? Sure. Well, once uh, at the arraignment date, uh, I would file my appearance with uh, with the court. So, uh, as a matter of record, the judge and the prosecutors would know that I'm the attorney of record for the defendant. So, that provides the the avenue to where um, you know prosecutors won't talk to the defendant, but they'll talk to the defendant's lawyer. So that allows the open discussion back and forth uh, about the case, and like I said, the relative strengths and weaknesses uh, for both sides on the case. And is it a lengthy process that you go through? Is there a lot of back and forth? Or as you say, uh, you know, certain cases have certain outcomes, and, and as long as you both agree on it, it could be a fairly quick uh, quick decision. Sure. Uh, simple cases, a simple uh, traffic ticket could have negotiations that would take place that, that morning or that afternoon, and it would, you know, the case would be done that day. Um, say we have a, a, a complex felony case, well, negotiations can go on for months where, um, say the state's attorney's office is requesting information from me about my client to say, well, why should we be lenient with your client? Why should we, you know, cut him a break? I need to know more about your client. So that's what I. So it it really comes down to complexity of the case, and 
every case is different. So really, there's no real set, you know, do A, B, C, but there is, um, you know, in the course of developing relationships with prosecutors uh, and knowing judges in different court systems, you know, it kind of provides that roadmap of how to, how to go ahead and, and uh, do those negotiations. Uh, Liberty and the Law is the new podcast series that you found, and this is our inaugural uh, conversation. The series relies upon the knowledge and experience of Attorney James Dorr of Lavelle Law. Uh, Mr. Dorr is highly regarded in the uh, defense attorney uh, occupation. He has uh, been recognized as a premier DUI defense attorney um, and over the years completed training for the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and International Association of Chiefs of Police and their DWI detection and standardized field sobriety testing areas, um, very well experienced in, in cases of that nature. You can learn more about his criminal law practice at LavelleCriminalLaw.com. Um, you'll find articles there that, that James has written. He's also produced a, a number of uh, tutorials on video that are available online, so a, a great resource in this area, and we're, we're going to take advantage of it as we have conversations with him on a regular basis here on this podcast. Um, so let me let me clarify with you as we were talking just a minute ago about the process um, and make sure I understand it. At an arraignment, you might uh, or likely say, you know, not guilty plea, that starts the process, but the guilty plea may come later after this negotiation. You would never um, put yourself in a situation of entering a guilty plea without having discussed and negotiated some sort of outcome for your client. Is that right? If, if I was going to contemplate entering a guilty plea on the arraignment date, I would have a very good reason for doing that. Um, but I think that the best course of action is to enter the not guilty plea at the first court date, and that allows the, all the parties to look at the evidence that's available, conduct these negotiations, and try to reach a settlement prior to going to trial. And, and put yourself in the shoes for a minute, if you would, of, of the um, prosecutor. You mentioned um, some of the things that, that they'll be asking you as you go through the process. You know, is there an advantage to them to, to handling cases in this way just based on caseload and trying to get things that are maybe not that serious um, handled quickly? That's exactly right, Jim. The, the caseload is, is uh, paramount. I mean, the, the state's attorneys have, a, you know, they have a busy uh, court call with a lot of files that they're responsible for, and they have to answer to the those higher up in their office about what happens with their cases. Um, so they, they do want to uh, try to get the cases off of their call um, as quickly as possible, um, and if they can avoid having to prepare a number of cases for trial, I think it stands to their benefit because they can focus on cases that are a little more serious, um, and that, that sort of thing. So it, it's, mm -hmm. it's really a bargain for them and not having to bring every case to trial in the same way it does offer an advantage to the defendant and that he could uh, have a, you know, a known outcome um, that's worked out in advance with a little, maybe uh, you know, a little better outcome because, uh, because he's willing to enter a, gu a guilty plea and work with the state's attorney's office rather than forcing them to uh, you know, try mm -hmm. the case. And... and Tell me about the, the, the court process uh, where a judge gets involved. Do they? I think you said they have to approve any agreement that the two of you right. reach, and what if you don't reach an agreement? Then does this kind of fall in the judge's lap at that point? Right. There's a couple things. A judge can be uh, involved with the, with the negotiation discussions. Uh, if the defendant asks and the prosecutors agree, we can have what's called a 402 conference, which is just really the Supreme Court rule for allowing the judge to do this. And we basically it would be in, in judges' chambers where the judge would find out um, aspects of the case, 
uh, hear the uh, proposed sentence from both sides and either you know, facilitate in reaching those negotiations or just flat out saying, I will approve that or won't approve that. So a lot of times with the 402 conference, we'll know going into even the sentencing hearing that the judge is going to approve it. Okay, um, But without having that conference, um, judges will normally go along with the, with the agreed dispositions as long as they, they deem them in the interest of justice and fair for everybody. Um, but if the judge rejects the uh, proposed agreement, there's already been a guilty plea entered in court, and the judge could go ahead and proceed to sentencing based on that guilty plea. So um, the judge is free to uh, reject these offers or these negotiation settlement uh, agreements um, and proceed to sentencing because um, it's the judge's power and right to do that. Sure. Sure. Well, um, we've got a lot we're going to talk about in the weeks ahead now. This is our, our first podcast in the Liberty and Law series, so um, let's just step back from the topic at hand for a moment and just talk about your philosophy in representing clients. Introduce yourself a little bit to the audience and kind of tell us what, um, what your vision is in terms of how you like to represent clients in criminal defense cases. Well, my goal is to minimize the impact of the criminal justice system upon my clients. So um, in as we just talked about negotiations, well, that's one of the ways, that one of the avenues that's, that's open for us is, is to talk to the prosecutors, get something that's, that's you know, a, a sentence that's it's a little more lenient than uh, would normally be able to be reached. Um, say, for example, probation instead of uh, prison time or supervision on a case where uh, otherwise there would be a conviction that gets entered and stay on a person's record. So I'm trying to minimize the impact of those things, okay, incarceration, fines, uh, criminal record, anything that could have a negative impact on my client's life. I mean, I'm taking a look and see if we can do anything about that. Well, um, a great start for our conversations, and with that we will uh, call it a day here and let uh, James Dorr return to his practice at Laval Law. Uh, very pleased to have gotten things started here with Liberty and the Law. My uh, thanks to Attorney James Dorr for making time to be a part of this today, and uh, we'll look forward to future discussions with him. And, of course, we always look forward to uh, welcoming our listeners in. So we encourage you to uh, let us know if there are topics and questions you have. We'd be happy to cover those on future issues and editions of uh, Liberty and the Law. Once again, don't forget to visit uh, LavelleCriminalLaw.com for information that uh, tells you a little bit about James Dore, tells you more about the criminal defense process, and shares with you many uh, articles and videos that have been produced up to this point. And uh, certainly keep an eye out for us as we return with more editions of Liberty and the Law. Thank you for listening to this edition of Liberty and the Law. To learn more about defendants' rights, call Attorney James Dore at 847-705-7555 or visit LavelleCriminalLaw.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.